Church, I want to say a big welcome, and I'm so happy to see you, and I want to say Happy New Year to you as well. 2023, we made it. Yeah, I really thought we would have flying cars by now, but while cars can't soar, gas prices sure can, hallelujah. Lucky us. Uh, but it's a joy to have you in God's house today. God is so good, and just I so much uh, look forward to just being with the people of God in his presence, and thank you just for your heart to worship him and, and to reverence uh, the presence of the Holy Spirit this morning. Uh, I want to welcome you this morning. If you're a guest, uh, first and foremost, we're glad to have you, and if you would do me the, the honor of taking a moment to fill out one of our connection cards, these can be found uh, in the seat pockets somewhere nearby you, and uh, we would just love to connect with you, and thank you for worshiping with us. And I uh, also, even if you're not a guest, I want to ask you to please uh, utilize these connection cards for prayer needs. We, this next week, next Sunday, January the 8th, will kick off our annual 21 days of prayer and fasting. We do this every year, and it's a powerful time. And uh, if you will submit those prayer needs, we commit to pray over those with you uh, that whole time during those 21 days. And so, I just want to ask you if you would take a moment, and you can put those in the offering boxes after service as you, as you head out. Speaking of offering, we've got three ways you can give. You can give online at lakeviewpeople.com slash give. You can use a text to give number on the screen, or uh, just use an offering envelope uh, located somewhere in the seat pocket near you. Uh, I also wanted to announce, they told me there was a car outside. Was it a Cadillac? We got it. It was a car that had the lights on, but somebody said, let there not be light. So it's off. So God still works miracles. All right. So I was trying to pass it along. And uh, I think those are the end of the announcements. So uh, since the whole year hasn't gone, let's go ahead and get into the first message of the year. And I just am excited to declare to y'all, y'all, this is going to be the best message I've preached all year. It's, it's all downhill <laughs> from there. Yeah, that's it. No, but we're going to talk about a series entitled Stress Out, because there are a lot of things in our life that are causing stress in our life that I want you to uh, believe with me and trust God's word that uh, we don't need to let those things take up residence in our heart or our mind. They weren't put there by God. But we can, with God's help, have them removed. And, and uh, I don't believe that we need to just uh, surrender ourselves to saying, well, I'm just always going to live stressed. I want to live the way God wants me to live. Anybody with me this morning? And so this title of this message is Big Rocks. And I'll explain that title here in a little bit. But first of all, if you will, just write down this first thing. Because we're declaring something uh, with our year ahead, we're declaring that 2023 will be a year of reconciliation. We shared some messages about this last month, and I'm just really believing uh, for God to do some miraculous things. And I, I do want to just give a little bit of a plug to our first Wednesday night of the year. Uh, we do a first Wednesday every month, and this will be our first, first Wednesday of the new year. That's this Wednesday night, January 4th, which is also my wife's birthday. And uh, yeah, please come celebrate and help me not forget it. And uh, that'll be at 7 p.m. And we're going to have a wonderful time. And I'm going to be sharing a message about this reconciliation. Because the Bible says God has given us, you and me, the church, the ministry 
of reconciliation. And so we're, it's going to be a great evening. If you'll come out at 7, we'll have a great time of worship in the Word. And we're even going to host a fellowship uh, afterwards. We're going to have some Olive Garden soup, salad, and breadsticks on Wednesday. So if the, preaching, if the bread of life don't get you, the bread of Olive Garden hopefully will. And uh, I'd love to see you this Wednesday. Invite somebody with you. Uh, but uh, one of our values here at Lakeview, something that our leadership team we promote, we've spoken messages about it, and we just challenge leaders in the faith to have some core values. One is to love God, the other is to love people, one is to pursue excellence, and finally, it, there's the, the term choose joy. And you'll notice that word choose, because it's something that we have to decide to do even when we may not want to do it. And when it comes to this area of stress, there are things that we have to make some decisions to do. Jesus already made the decision for us on the cross to give his life for us. The question is, will we trust our life uh, to the Lord? And so I want to ask you to, to think about the areas of life that can get hit by stress. Really, I think there's four key areas, and we're going to kind of talk about each of these over these next few weeks. Uh, there's the area of time, of money, of work and relationships. And stress can hit you in all different areas of life, but usually somewhere in one of those four areas is where the enemy will try to just slip through the cracks and infiltrate your peace of mind. In Luke chapter 21, verse 34, Jesus said this. He said, be careful. So this is a warning from Christ himself. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and all the anxieties of life. Now that word drunkenness there, it's not just talking about getting drunk, uh, but it actually speaks to anything that we would use to try to numb or self-medicate from the pain of life. Because if we're all honest, we all have used something at some point in our life to try to ease the pain that really probably wasn't good for us. And there are many things that, that can do that. And, and the anxieties of life, all these combined, Jesus said be careful so that that day when all these things come all at once, that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. The enemy has laid some traps for us. And we need the wisdom of God's word and the leading of the Holy Spirit to help us not only see the traps, but y'all, what good is it to see a trap if you fall in it anyway? And I don't want to just, uh, you know, observe other people's mistakes. I want to learn from their mistakes so I don't repeat them. And we're going to look at some examples in the Word of where stress was overwhelming people's lives, even in Scripture, and how God gave them hope and help uh, through godly instruction and, and advice. Uh, so when it comes to this area of, of being stressed out, uh, stress in any area of our life can leave us feeling, see if you relate to either of these words, you can feel overburdened or out of control. And, you know, when I say overburdened, you just, you never feel like you're getting ahead. There's always something next. Have any of you ever had a task to do that you feel tired before you even start doing that task? Because you just don't want to do it. You know, that's just real life. And we can get that way. And, and, and so many in society and even in the church are dealing with this. And so I really uh, feel that the Lord put this uh, series on our hearts to share with you because it's something that, 
that we shouldn't just accept as normal and have to accept as, as part of our life. Uh, so it's time that we really evaluate our life, evaluate our time, see where the enemy might be uh, getting in through the cracks of, of stress and get that stress out of our life. The first place I want to start to look at is the, the place or pace of life. Your pace of life is so important to the productivity of your life, to the way that you live your life. And I need you to ask yourself an honest question. You, you know, it's rhetorical. Just ask it in your heart. But be real with yourself and before God. Is your pace of life stealing your joy? Has it caused you to go at a pace you can't keep up with and you just never feel like uh, you have enough hours in the day? Job said it this way uh, in uh, Job chapter 9 verse 25. He said, my days go faster than a runner. They fly away without me seeing any joy. And that sometimes we're just trying to keep our head above water. You're just trying to survive and, and, and life can get away from you so quickly. Life already goes too fast. Why make it feel even more stressful and even more burdened down? So let me just share with you a statement that being busy, what it can do to you, if you want to jot this down, busy schedules cause anxiety and they can steal your joy. Busy schedules can do that. Sometimes we think it's the devil doing it to us when we've done it to ourselves. We've stretched ourselves too thin. We've overcommitted or overexpected, or whatever, we've overwhelmed ourselves somehow, and now we find ourselves stressed out. And I'm here to say, it's time to get stress out of our life, instead of just being stressed out. There's a great example in Exodus chapter 18, where Moses, who, he's a real person, y'all. He's not a mythological figure. This is not a fable or a parable told just, you know, to teach us some wise thing. It really happened. Because sometimes we think of Bible heroes like superheroes. That they had no problems or they always made the right decisions. And that's just not the case. Except for Christ himself, everyone in the Bible is just a person like you and me. And they deal with things and God recorded and preserved his word. And these accounts of real people so that hopefully we would learn from it. That, that we would glean from their experiences and not repeat their mistakes. And in Exodus 18, it says that Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people. And they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing, he noticed he was doing a lot. He said, what is this you are doing for the people? Why do you, and here's the key word, why do you alone sit as judge? While all these people stand around you, from morning till evening. Basically, he's saying, if you're not having enough time to get it all done, something is not right here. Moses answered him, because the people come to me to seek God's will, and that's true. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me, and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. Moses' father-in-law replied, and I just love his honesty. And we're going to highlight three things that he tells Moses. First, he tells him, what you are doing is not good. God bless this guy. Because sometimes we need people to speak the truth to us in love. Instead of just watching us run ourselves into the ground. 
What you're doing is not good. And here's what he said would come for it. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. You're not going to get anything out of it, but you're going to wear yourself out because of it. And then he just, again, very shoots straight with him. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Honest words, but very wise words. From a man named Jethro, Moses' father-in-law. Not as many people are familiar with Jethro as they are with Moses, but he's very important to the life and ministry of Moses. And he had heard, you know, God's doing great things through Moses, and he wanted to come see what was going on. But what he saw concerned him. And I need to tell you this. We need to be honest with one another in the body of Christ. When we see something with someone that we love that concerns us, yes, we need to pray about it. But you know what? It's okay to talk about it. The Bible says we need to confess things to one another that we'll find healing in that way. I want somebody to, to let me know if something's going wrong in my life. And so let's look at the three things that he shared with Moses just a little more in depth. Number one, he just straight out told him, what you are doing is not good. What Moses was doing was not only stressing him, but it was putting stress on all these people standing in lines. Y'all, this was worse than the lines at Walmart. I made the mistake of going to Walmart on Christmas Eve. Genius, I know. And it was, it was strange. I observed there that there were a lot more people in the store than they appeared prepared for at the checkout lines. Oh, I hear from the groans. Some of y'all, y'all went there on Christmas Eve too? Nope, just a Tuesday. Yeah, that too. But here's the thing. If you don't have enough people at the checkout lines, the lines are going to get longer and longer. And the people in those lines are going to get madder and madder. And I felt sorry for several of the, the men and women working uh, that day. Y'all, they're working on a holiday but all these people in line are mad at them because they had to stand in line. It wasn't their decision not to get enough cashiers. It wasn't their decision to try to make us do their job for them and do the self-checkout. Boop. You're going to try to check me at the store whether I did it right. Cracks me up. But, you know, they're just doing their job. And it was fascinating how infuriated people got because of having to stand in lines. They needed more help. Jethro was saying this to Moses. You need more help. This is not good. Look, here's just the reality. There's only 24 hours in the day, no matter how much money you have. No matter how successful you are, you only get 24 hours. Bill Gates gets the same 24 hours as me. You may have a bigger bank account, but you don't have more time in the day. And we need to recognize that. People that are successful, people that are they're making a big difference with their life, they're doing it in the same amount of time that you and I have. The question is, what are they doing with their time and what are we doing with our time? We only have so many hours in a day and we only have so many days in our life. And, you know, I'm just learning this more and more. When he said, what you're doing is not good, he wasn't being mean. He's trying to, to really, uh, he was concerned because I know probably every one of us in here have someone, you know, we just had the holiday season pass and it's a joyful time for many, but there's also a lot of sadness when you miss loved ones. And that time of year just makes it seem especially hard. Um, and you know, there's a lot of things that I thought was so important that I spent my time doing that I wish I had spent more time with people who I don't have that time with here on earth anymore. 
Thankful for the hope of heaven. But how many of you know time is very valuable? And how we spend it is very important. Psalm chapter 90, verse 12. It's one of my key verses to my life. I pray this over my life. I pray this for my children that they'll learn this at a young age. It says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. One of the reasons people waste so much of their life is they think they have so much of it to waste. We don't appreciate each and every day. When you have a lot of something, you don't value it a lot. Because you think, oh, I've just got plenty to spare. And if we really could understand how precious, how fleeting, how brief that life is, I believe that we would live our life differently. And God's word tries to warn us of that. Here's two things that, that can happen when you don't do good. And, and Jethro tried to warn Moses about it. Number two is that an out of balance life will wear everyone out. Not just you. It's just like on your car. When one tire gets out of balance, it throws the whole car out of balance. Can mess everything up and can uh, wear down all the other tires. And uh, living out of balance not only takes a toll on you, but on the lives of those that you love. You know, like those people in the checkout lines. Those, those poor cashiers hadn't done anything to them. But because those people were stressed, they were taking it out on, on people that hadn't done anything. And when you come home with all this stress from work or from out external things, all the... You know what? I can remember a time, uh, my, my precious wife, she and I get along like 99% of the time. That's because she's right 100% of the time. But uh, there, there was one time she woke up from a dream mad at me for what dream Daniel did. She had dreamed me doing something and she woke up like agitated that I had done that in the dream. I wasn't in the dream, y'all. I wasn't there. But you know how easy it is. Have you ever watched a TV show and your whole attitude changes because what you just ever watched the news? And now you, your, your whole attitude, your disposition is different. And it'll wear everybody else out if we don't get those things under control and, and not allow them to have control of us. Because there's a cost to this. And the cost is number three. Stress is the cost of doing everything ourselves. Of thinking, I can figure it all out. I can do it all by myself. I don't need any help. I don't need to listen to what God's word says. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. Uh, and and it's, this, it's a horrible price to pay. And I would submit to you that many people's problems in life, the root of them is a problem with stress. Marriage problems oftentimes are stress problems. We're taking it out on, on each other. External things get brought home. A lot of health problems are stress-related. In fact, the majority of health problems are rooted in stress taking root in our heart. You know, in Hebrews chapter 9, it tells us that we're all appointed to die once. And I always think it's really cute that, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with it, but I, I love people that they give their New Year's you know, what, what they believe is going to happen for the year ahead. What's going to happen in their future. I'm believing for prosperity. I'm believing for success. Nobody is like, I'm believing I'm going to die. But I'll tell you, that's the only one of those that's guaranteed. The Bible says it's appointed. You've got an appointment with death. Aren't you glad you came to hear this uplifting message to start the year? You're going to die. We all are. But the Bible says it's appointed to die once, but if we don't get stress on, on our life, that appointment may come sooner than it was in, intended. And so we need to really evaluate, you know, 
these matters of stress. And let's do that by talking about what matters most. Because I tell you, you'll worry about a lot of things that don't really matter that much. And they'll take a lot of your peace, they'll take a lot of your joy, and they really shouldn't be getting a lot of your attention. The way that we can best handle stress is by refocusing on the things that matter most, the things that are really important. That's what Jethro was trying to explain to Moses. Is he's like, you've got all your energy divided between all these people, and you can't even do what you're really supposed to do. You can't do what's most important. And so let me submit to you just a couple of things that really matter. Number one, this is the number one thing. Relationships matter. Your relationship with God first and foremost. And I tell you, God would not call you to do anything that would cause your relationship with him to suffer. He's not going to tell you to do something that would harm your relationship with him. And so uh, relationships, they matter with God, but also with people. And for several reasons, I just want to point out a couple of them of why they matter. Look at that same chapter, Exodus chapter 18, verse 24. It says, Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. Relationships matter because we need some people to be able to give us advice that we will actually listen to. You know, I trust people that I know more than I do people on the TV. They'll tell you all sorts of stuff on the internet. Did you know not everything on the internet is true? I know I'm shocked also. But you need some people that you value their input so that they can, you know, speak into your life. And Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, was this way. Because advice from those closest to us can help us see blind spots. Have you ever been driving and there was a car next to you and you almost didn't see it? You almost had a wreck because it was in your blind spot. There are many things in our life spiritually that get in our blind spot. We don't even realize it's what's causing a lot of the pain we're going through, a lot of the the stress that we're heaping upon ourselves. And we need some people around us that love us enough to point it out to us. And so Moses actually listened to Jethro, it says. Another thing that's a benefit is not only can they point out our blind spots, look at Ephesians 4.12. It says, two people can resist an attack that would defeat one person alone. A rope made of three cords is hard to break. And I'll just tell you this, uh, I've gone through things in my life I would not have made it through if it wasn't for people that God put in my life. You know, and yes, we need Jesus, but y'all, we are the body of Christ. We need one another. Relationships are very important. And it's one of the reasons you hear us talk about life groups. We've got our next semester coming up in February, and I want to challenge you to get involved in a small group of people. That's what life groups are. It's people that live life together. We'll have them for different things like marriage groups and men's groups, women's groups, interest groups for different things that people like to do. And, and it's just getting God's people together, sharing life together. So you got somebody that'll pray with you. you got somebody that'll cry with you, that'll rejoice with you. Whatever you're going through in life, you're going through it together. You bear one another's burdens. It's such a blessing to share in these relationships. And look, if you don't want to wait until uh, February, we've got an ongoing uh, ministry every Tuesday night at 630 is Celebrate Recovery where they meet together as as a big group but then they divide up into smaller groups so they can actually talk about the hard things of life and and really find healing as the Bible says as we confess things to one another the Bible says there's healing in that way so again there's certain things that we don't need to just be like God why won't you get this out of my life when he's told us 
the things to do to find healing. You know, I can stare at a piece of broccoli all day and not get the vitamins out of it if I won't eat it. And we can look at the Bible, we can hear the Bible, we can hear somebody talk and preach all the time, but how many of us will be hearers of the word instead of doers? The Bible says don't be just hearers, be doers of the word, not just hearers only. And so these relationships matter, the Bible says. And the second thing I want to point out, and Jethro pointed out to Moses, is that purpose matters. Your purpose matters, and so does everyone else's. And so please stop selling yourself short if you think, hey, you know, nobody's going to miss me if I'm gone. Nobody is not going to make a difference if I get involved or not. That, that's a lie from the enemy. And it's part of the reason why the body of Christ is not as strong as it could be. Is because not everybody has stepped up and stepped into their calling. In Exodus, that same chapter, verse, 18, or verse 19 through 22, it says, Jethro tells this to Moses, you must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. This was his calling. This was his role. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. This is what Moses was called to do. But church, you need to realize you can do the right thing the wrong way. And that's what Moses was doing. He felt like he had to do all this. This is what he was called to do, but he wasn't called to do it all by himself. So Jethro says, but select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials. Great advice. More than that, this is godly advice. And something that we can learn from, and we should apply it to our lives because look two things happen if we're trying to do everything two things we're going to wear ourselves out and we're also going to keep somebody else out from fulfilling their calling and y'all I'm preaching to myself this happens in the church world I, I have a, a disposition it's actually part of my calling I love people I really do I don't like to disappoint people even if I don't like you I don't like to disappoint you that's just the way I'm wired. That's part of how God created me. And when he called me, it like amplified. And it's part of being an under-shepherd un under Christ and serving the body of Christ in a pastoral role. But, you know, sometimes the, we can do good things the wrong way. And that desire to please people can make me make decisions based on what people think instead of what God says. You see how that can be a negative thing. So we've got to be careful because I will sometimes so much not want to offend somebody or ask too much from somebody or, or put them out and make them uncomfortable that I won't ask for help. I'm terrible at asking for help. And that's just something I've learned from. And trusted people near me are helping me see it more and more. And they're helping me be disciplined to not over, you know, overdo, to think that I need to do it all. And y'all, I'll tell you, our church has grown the more I've grown to learn to trust other people. The more I've learned to delegate, which is here. You may have some areas in your life you're trying to do it all where God's saying, I don't want you to do it all. Because in my situation, two things happen. One, it burns me out, and one, it keeps people out from fulfilling their calling. And it's such a blessing to see people stepping up and stepping into what God has called them to do. And, and I just I want that to happen in our church and in our families, in our workplaces, wherever we go. We need to learn that purpose matters. The Apostle Paul wrote this in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. He says, however, I consider my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. Did you know that God has given us assignment that may be different from the assignment society tries to give us? 
The world says, well, you need to make this much money or have this much stuff. Too many people have a lot of accumulations and they don't have time to have many appreciations. You've got all this stuff you've accumulated and you don't even have any time to appreciate it. And look, God has called us to do this. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. This is what the world needs more than anything else. And I'll tell you, church, if we're busy doing so many other things that we can't do this, what are we doing? We need to reevaluate what our purpose really is. The Apostle Paul who wrote these words, he understood, he was focused on his purpose. And he finished the race. He, he followed through. He finished the assignment that God gave him. But he always worked with the help of a team. Look at his example in Scripture. Even when he was stuck in prison, he would communicate with the church through letters. And that's where we get much of the New Testament. He would have Timothy or different people visiting him. He would stay connected to people because he knew that there was a purpose in other people. It wasn't just all about him. So while he's in prison, he's training others. He's instructing others. He's, he's empowering other people. And we need to be thinking about this. Is what, what does God want to do in my life? And who does God want to influence through my life? Who can I disciple in these same things that God is teaching me to do? Because here's the thing. Ultimately, even more than relationships and purpose, number three, outcomes matter. The ultimate outcome is really what matters. And that's understanding that uh, this old world ain't going to last forever. That this life doesn't last forever. But eternity does. So this outcome that we're talking about is an outcome that influences eternity. So how are we doing with this life that God has gifted us? Looking back at Exodus 18, verse 23, Jethro said, If you do this, so basically saying if you follow my advice to get some people to help you, if you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain. So first of all, that's going to help Moses. You'll, you won't get crushed by the strain. You'll be able to stand the strain. And all these people will go home satisfied. It's a win-win for everybody. And this is something we need to recognize is that life is so precious but there's a great purpose to it that God wants to see fulfilled through you, through your life. And so many of us are so stressed. We don't even think about future plans. We're just trying to survive today. Just trying to make it through tomorrow. And we can't see past. You know, part of the message I'm going to share on Wednesday, again, just want to invite you to, to be here for First Wednesday. It's going to, in part, talk about double vision. Because a lot of times when uh, we see things in life, you're going to have double vision spiritually one way or the other, I believe. Either you're going to see more problems than are actually there, or you're going to see more potential than is actually there. Because that's faith. You'll have faith in something. Either in God's ability to produce good things and to cause all things to work together for good to those who love him who are called according to his purpose. Or you'll have faith in what the enemy is able to do. And you'll be seeing devils where they ain't even there. And I see so many Christians this way. They almost expect the devil to be more successful than God in their life. I'm just going to say it. I don't know how else to say it. They just expect that always bad is going to happen. Always bad. And I love what the Bible says, that God can take the bad and turn it around. And what the enemy means for evil, God can turn it around for good. That's what I expect, because that's what God's word says. But we need to be focused on the outcome. Because look, if we don't get the stress out of our lives 
then, then we're not going to get the most out of our lives. We're just going to be so busy trying to survive, we'll never thrive. We'll never really accomplish what we were created to accomplish. But if we do these things, like Jethro said, if you do this and God so commands, you'll be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. It'll affect you and those around you. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 13, 44. He said, seek first the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven, is, it's like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold all that he had and bought the field. And this is a powerful picture of what it should look like to be a follower of Jesus. To say, you know, there's really nothing in this old world that's going to last forever. But in this world is where God finds us, where we find salvation. And you realize, man, I'd give everything to have that treasure of salvation. This guy, people probably thought he was crazy. Why are you selling everything you've got to buy that field? They didn't understand the treasure that was in that field. People look at Christians, they're like, why are you spending so much time? Why are you giving so much money? Why are you doing so much for people who aren't grateful? Whatever they say, why are we doing They should look at us, the Bible says, we're to be a peculiar people. We shouldn't do things the way the world does them. We should realize this world is not all there is. It's not our final home. And, and we should be investing in outcomes that matter, in eternal things that matter. And this is what the kingdom of heaven really looks like. It's to say, hey, I know, I know what really matters. And everything else down here, I'll leverage all that I have. I'll leverage everything that I can do to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Uh, th this is where I want to talk to you about the title of this message. I know it's a weird message. And I've, I've shared this illustration before years ago. I didn't come up with it. I saw it and it honestly changed my life. This big rocks illustration. Let me tell you why it's important. You can write this down. Big rocks are important because this truth is important. That order determines capacity. I hope you'll remember that from today's message, that order determines capacity. If you want to do more with your life, you need to get things in order in your life. Again, people that are wildly successful have the same 24 hours in their day that we do. It's how do they spend their time, how do they spend their resources and efforts. And when it comes to big rocks, I've got these two containers here. I bought these on Christmas Eve at Walmart. And it's a wonder I didn't smash them while waiting in line. Just simple glass containers. There's, this is, okay, let me set the expectation level. This is not a magic trick. I'm not any good at that kind of stuff, so sorry to disappoint. But it is a really uh, profound illustration. And I've got some big, bigger rocks in, in this jar. I've got five of them, and it it's, doesn't really matter the number. But, you know, there are some things in our life that really matter. Your relationship with God, your family. You know, uh, figuring things out like your career and, and what your purpose is in life. Those things are really important. Reading the word and praying. You know, these, these are foundational things that everybody needs in their life. Then there's a lot of other things that we get to choose. What do we want to have in our life? And these are just little aquarium things. I just got the color so hopefully you could see it uh, from all around the room. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that they're not bad things. I mean, you know, watching Netflix is not evil. But if it's taken all of your time, we might need to reevaluate what we're doing with our life. And there's a lot of things that they can really pile up fast and start to not leave a lot of room in your life. Let, let me tell you a couple of truths before I show you this. Is 
Order determines capacity. So first of all, remember this, you need to reduce the non-essentials. And I'm giving you permission to reduce non-essentials in your life. I'll tell you, one of the biggest ways you learn to reduce non-essentials is by learning to say no. Did you know Christians are allowed to say no? In fact, you should have the godly wisdom to know the right time to say no. And I struggle with this, y'all. I don't mean to disappoint people, but I'll sometimes, in the moment, I'm not lying. I tell them I'll do something, but then I talk to 10 other people before that comes around, and I, I've, I've overcommitted, and now I forgot the first thing. I didn't write it down. You know, my memories, did you know memory does not seem to increase with age? And, I, and you don't mean it. You know, and I hate to disappoint people. That's why I have trouble saying no. But you know what? They don't realize the other 15, 20 people I've talked to. They just know what I told them. And it's disappointing. We need to reduce the non-essentials so we don't do this, these things to people and, and, and neglect relationships or forget things. It's, even if it's unintentional, doesn't mean that it can't be harmful. And so there's a lot of things in our life that, you know, do they really have to be there because they're taking up a lot of space. The, the way it says it in the Word in Ecclesiastes 4, 6, better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. And y'all, I would dare say there's a lot of us who don't even know what that word tranquility means. And I don't mean you don't know the definition. I'm not saying you're not intelligent. You know what it, the definition is. You just don't know what it actually looks like in your life. You've not had peace in your life in so long. You, you feel like you're chasing the wind. Better is one handful. Maybe less really is more. And we need to reduce things. You know, I do this uh, kind of the first of the year or towards the end of the year. I, I learned this uh, trick, and I think it's really a smart idea. In my closet, I'll hang up my clothes at the beginning of the year with the hangers all facing the same way. But then when I wear something and get it back from, like, the laundry room or whatever, I don't know how that happens. My, I just throw my clothes in this bin, and magically it comes back to my closet later. It's wonderful. Uh, <laughs> But when I hang it back up, I hang it the opposite way. Does that make sense? So anything I haven't worn stays facing this one way. And, if, you know, I've got favorite shirts I wear. And at the end of the year, if I see a bunch of stuff that the hangers just turned around, I've not worn them. If I remember, I'd never wear this shirt or it doesn't fit right, I'd give it away. Because why am I letting it take up space in my closet? I could be getting some new stuff. Instead of hanging on to this stuff that I don't even really want. Do you see the life application? There's a lot of things in our life that are not essential. There's a lot of people that you've allowed to take up residence in your heart and your mind that don't deserve to be there. And they probably don't even know that you're worrying about them that much or that you're stressing over them that much. It's time to let them go. Forgive them and move on. Get rid of the non-essentials. And you know what? It's okay to say no to allowing somebody else in to, to that same sort of relationship or situation. It's okay to be wise in your decisions and not just rush back in. Look, you don't want to not trust people, but you want to let people have time to earn trust as well. And so this is just an, some important things that, again, sometimes we're like, God, I need you to get me out of this situation I got myself in. And he's like, I told you how to get out. Now go turn the doorknob and open the door. He's given us his word as a light to our path to see how to walk out of these situations so after you reduce the non-essentials, the next thing that you need to do is reprioritize. And you can do it. You need to make this personal. I can reprioritize my life. And man, this is something I wish I had understood 
uh, at a younger age. And I'm so thankful that God is helping me to, to learn this more and more now. And I want to show it to you uh, with this little illustration of how important priorities are. Because with all this stuff in this little jar, you know, it still looks like it's got plenty of room. But these big important things in life, when there's all this other stuff in the jar first... No matter how, I've tried it different ways. This isn't a trick and it's not a joke. It just, there is no way to fit these five rocks in here when all this little stuff. They're just little. You think, oh, I can, I know how it is. Oh, I can just fit one more thing on my to-do list. Oh, I just, one more person, I can, you know, overextend myself and I can do this, whatever lie that we, we fall into, that trap that the anxieties of life, oh, I just need to work a few more hours because I need that, that nicer thing, that whatever, whatever it is that gets us in that trap. Now we can't fit the most important things. But priorities are important. The order determines capacity. Remember that. Because I've got another container uh, down here on the ground that's exactly like this one. I got it, same place. They're the exact same you know, skew number or whatever you want to say. And I'm going to use the same rocks. Again, this is not a magic trick. It's not anything. But it teaches a deep spiritual truth. The problem here is all this unessential stuff got made priority. It was put in first. But when you make your relationship with God your first priority, when, when you focus next on your family, the things that God says need to be in the right order. When, when, you know what? We need to prioritize our health before we get sick. Because there's sometimes... You know, we'll, we'll need to pray for healing and things where God's saying, just, take, just obey my word and take better care of that temple that I gave you, the temple of the Holy Spirit, your body. Because when we put these things in the right order, order determines capacity. And now that we put the correct things first, look at this. All this other stuff isn't nearly as daunting. I'm not meaning to spill it. Don't tell Miss Judy. She cleans the church. There we go. Look at that. When we put first things first, everything else can fall into order. And that's just a little reminder of a very spiritual truth that we need to reprioritize. Jesus said it in Matthew 6, 31 through 33. So do not worry. How many of us obey the word right there? Do you know the Bible says don't worry about anything? Instead, pray about everything. If I'm being honest, more times in my life, I've worried about everything and not prayed about anything. And we don't we won't want to get that confused. So do not worry. This is Jesus speaking. So he's not trying to trick you. He's not trying to tell you something that you can't do. The trick is you can't do it alone. What is impossible with man, nothing is impossible with God. He says, don't worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? None of those are bad things, but they don't need to get wrong priority. They shouldn't be first in our life. He says, for the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father, again, do you trust the Lord that your heavenly father knows that you need them? We, we almost pray sometimes like reminding like God, did you, <laughs> did you forget me down here? He knows what we have need of, the Bible says, before we even ask it. The question is, are we going to trust him? He says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Nothing wrong with watching Netflix. But you know what? I think we need to prioritize our relationship with God before anything else. Nothing wrong with going golfing or going shopping. 
That just doesn't need to be priority in our life. Nothing should take the priority over the Lord. And so just two things I'd like to share with you as your pastor just that we have in place to help us try to get these things in the right place in our life. Next week, I've already mentioned it, we kick off our 21 days of prayer and fasting. We do this during the first part of the year because it needs to be priority in our, in our year ahead. And over these 21 days, look, y'all, we don't do this because I enjoy it. In fact, it's not easy. We host prayer services Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. right here at the church. We live stream it, so if you can't be here in person, uh, you, know, you can tune in on the Facebook live stream. You receive prayer guides uh, and, and uh, daily prayer focus booklets that look like this, and they have what we're going to be talking about. This theme for 2023 is return to me. It's, it's the Lord calling for his people to turn their hearts back to him. I tell you, God gave us a gift during this pandemic. Uh, the, the last two years have been crazy in a lot of ways, but it, also, it helped us to really see what priorities probably should have been all along. A lot of things we thought were important really weren't that important. And I'm believing for God's people to really come back to the Lord this year, that, that year of reconciliation. And I want to challenge you and encourage you to participate in 21 days of prayer whenever you can. And, and look, at some point we got to say, is God the most important thing in our life? That's not to put pressure on you, but hopefully to free you from feeling like other things need to be so important in our lives. And, and even if you can't be here at 6 a.m., it's up online. You can participate later on. Let's commit to a time. And, and uh, there's information about fasting on our website, lakeviewpeople.com slash prayer. Again, you can submit prayer needs, and we'll pray over them all the 21 days. So we, we don't meet a special time on Sundays during this 21 days. It's just our church service time. Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Saturdays are 9 a.m. And I would be so grateful to see this place just full of people seeking God, hungry for God, saying, God, you're most important. And I believe that he will put everything else in order if we'll make him first in our life. The second thing beyond uh, prayer is we need to be in the word. And I, I like to challenge the church every year. Uh, to participate. It doesn't have to be ours, but we provide a free Bible reading plan at lakeviewpeople.com slash Bible. We've got quite a few of them printed out, or you can print one uh, on your own. It was so neat. My oldest boy yesterday, Noah, was so excited. He was proud to tell me and his mom, I checked off the last day of 2022. He did it. He read, y'all, he's 14 years old. So don't tell me us adults can't do this. It's just, will we put the effort in? You don't have to do this exact one. There's nothing magical about it. It's like this. It's not magic, but it is scriptural. It is practical. You don't have to pray all day. You don't have to read all day. But you do need to read and pray every day. Or else don't be surprised when stress creeps back in, when the enemy is able to attack you because you haven't stayed strong. You haven't been keeping up in the faith. And here's the thing. Don't get beat down. If you hadn't been doing any of it, today's a new day. You can start today. And I would be so honored just to walk through the word. It's always amazing to see people uh, just the word to come alive in their hearts and then in their lives. Because when we do this, Jesus said, when you seek these things first, all these other things will be added unto you. But now, the reality is, these are some things that we can do practically. But I'll be real with you. Uh, there's still a lot of people that have heavy burdens. Uh, these are when we've been really attacked. There are attacks of the enemy, church. God is real, but so is Satan. And he hates God's people. And uh, he doesn't want people to come to know Jesus, and he doesn't want people to tell others about Jesus, so he, he attacks at times. And some of you have been attacked. And it's like unnatural stress, anxiety attacks, and panic attacks. Those are real things. And I believe a lot of times they're deeply spiritual. 
And while I've just shared with you some things that you should do and that we can do on our own, how many of you know there's some things that only God can do? But I'm so thankful for our Savior, who as I prayed over this service to kick off this year, I don't know how to explain it. I don't mean to sound too far out there. It's just the truth. It was like God, just in a small way, uh, let me feel a little bit of, of what I believe a lot of our church people have been feeling. I know a lot of y'all have had 2022 was a hard year. We lost loved ones. We lost, you know, uh, jobs. We lost, you know, went through tragedy and crisis, medical crisis. And just, uh, you know, the world itself is enough to just wear you down and, and put a burden on you. And I want to just say that I'm so grateful to, that to those whose hearts are, are weighed down, there is nothing weighing you down that is too great that Jesus does not have the power to lift from your shoulders. The Word of God says, Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Amen. Look, I've tried to give you some practical things, some scriptural things, that they will help because God's word says they will. When, when we pray instead of worrying, that's why we got these little wristbands. It's not just a slogan. They say pray first. We shouldn't worry first and then pray later. Pray first and I promise you'll worry less when you've already talked to God about it. I've seen that in my life and I want to see it in all of our lives. But notice what Jesus said here. Not just what he said, but the order in which he said it because order determines capacity. He says, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He doesn't say, I will give you rest, and then you'll have the time to come to me. I spent a lot of my life thinking, if life would just show, slow down, then I'll really read the Bible. If life would slow down, I'd really focus on my family. If, if life would slow down, whatever excuse I'd make, and man, I promise you, the enemy will make sure your life never does slow down. And you will say, stressed out. You need to get that stress out of your life. You need to be able to say no to having to keep up with what everybody else is doing. Did you know your kids don't have to play 37 different sports just because everybody else is? They don't have to. I give you permission to say no. No, Susie, you can't be a ballerina and an astronaut and go to dance and go to soccer and go to art. You know, you know what I'm saying? Olivia, our daughter, I love Olivia. Olivia wants to do all the things. Daddy don't want to drive her to all the things. And I think it's important she learn that some things are really essential and a lot of things aren't. And sometimes less is more. And I want to spend more time with my family than just passing by my family. Going different places. And Jesus says this to us. Come to him. All you who are weary and burdened. And again, as I prayed over you, I'm sorry. Um, I know some of your stories. I don't know everybody in here, but I know some of your stories. You have every right to be weary. You have every right to feel burdened. Depression, anxiety, these are real things. And don't, you, don't let the enemy make you feel condemned because you're battling those things. Just know that God fights for you. And he's saying, before he gives you rest, just come to him. Before you feel at peace, just trust him. Before you know how it's all going to work out, just know he is on your side. Could I ask you to stand with me, please? And, and if the prayer team would come forward at this time. I've asked the worship team to just lead us in a moment of worship before we dismiss from this place today. And if you need prayer for anything, look, you're not coming to me. You're not coming to these people on the prayer team. We're just coming saying, Jesus, we trust you. 
And we just sang it earlier that, that God, he, he heard his children in, in the word. We know he listened to his people. He heard the cries of his people. And he's not going to change now. He's the same yesterday and today and forever. He had the power to heal. He still has the power to heal. He had the power to deliver and he still does. He is still God. And we need to be able to trust him. Even if everything else has changed in our life, God has not changed. Amen. So could I ask you as we sing this song, if you have a need for anything, would you come let us pray with you? And just bring it to Jesus and let him bring it to rest in Jesus' name. Can we sing this and would you come and pray? Can we just lift our hands to the Lord as they sing that? God, we need you every hour we need you. Every day, every minute, every moment, we need you, Father. And I just pray that you would reassure your people. You're still in charge. You don't have to be elected, and your election can never be stolen or confused. And we just thank you that you are God, and you're on your throne. Thank you for your faithfulness. Church, let me just pray a blessing over you. And then if you need prayer for anything, you haven't missed it, we'll stay and pray as long as you need. But I'm going to dismiss everybody after this prayer. If you would, share your prayer needs with us. And, and we commit to pray over those all every day during our 21 days of prayer. And I'm believing for God to do things that only He could do. And He will receive all the glory for the things He has done. Lord, I thank You for Your people. I thank You for Your Word. And I just pray You would have Your hand upon these men and women of God. Let us go out and be a good example to the world around us. Let them see your peace in us so that we can introduce them to the way, the truth, and the life that we found through Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. Would somebody give the Lord praise in this place for his goodness? Go with God, church. Happy New Year. We love you. God bless you. You're dismissed. If you need prayer, we'll stay and pray as long as you need.